the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Gainwell, same thing. Bridge free. Stephar scores standing up at Memphis Answers. The dynamic freshman. Back here on the Hurry Up Hot Seat Countdown, and we have turned to number 22. It is the Memphis Tigers, and it is time to call to the floor. David Cobb, once again, checking in uh, on the Hurry Up Hot Seat. David, the Memphis Tigers have a new head coach as Ryan Silverfield comes in and uh, takes over for Mike Norvell. That kind of decision, I think, represents both what that staff has been able to build the revitalization of that Memphis program. Um, you know, we've got a ninth year college football quarterback, Brady White, is going to be back again. We know that Kenneth Gainwell had a big breakout. No, is, is your confidence with Memphis that even losing Mike Norvell, the work that was done, suggests that they're going to be able to maintain that sort of New Year's six contention status in the uh, big college football world? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, another 10-win team. I think that uh, the the fact that they promoted from within in, in uh, Coach Silverfield, I think is, in retrospect, a tremendously smart move. Obviously, they didn't do so knowing there was going to be uh, a pandemic. Uh, but the fact is, you don't want to have to be breaking in uh, new systems and new culture and dealing with the roster turnover that an outside hire would bring right now and in Silverfield was a popular choice among the players among the alums and yes Norvell took a good chunk of the staff with him to Florida State but that continuity is going to uh, benefit them greatly and uh, I mean the AAC is actually I think going to be pretty tough this year but man Memphis brings a lot back I mean they bring back a quarterback who threw for 4,000 yards and in, in Brady White and you already mentioned Gainwell their top receiver is back um you know, they lose some of their secondary playmakers, but, but yes, this is a team I think uh, that is deservedly in our, in our preseason top 25. So if we're talking about Memphis in our preseason top 25, they're a group of five team, obviously uh, there, there can't be many slip ups on their schedule. So uh, what is, what is the expectation? Like when you, when you talk about them in this ranking, are you expecting an 11 and one kind of year? You ex- is 12 and zero in the cards is is nine and three totally unacceptable what are your level of expectations for for this memphis team given what it has coming back yeah i mean i think look i I live in memphis so i understand a little bit of of the expectations here i guess and i don't think nine wins would necessarily be a disappointment uh but the potential is there for it to be another 10 or 11 win season and people forget they finished 12 and two last year they went 12 and one in the regular season before losing to Penn State in the bowl game and they really could have been and probably should have been undefeated last season if not for a really controversial call on the road at Temple that 
um, it was a bad call. I mean, to be quite honest, I mean, the tight end lays out, makes a great play. They go to the monitor and they overturn it. And I've yet to see an angle that suggests it should have been overturned. It should have been a catch and, and they should have continued the a march down the field to score. And if they, if they get a touchdown there in that game, they go undefeated. So, I mean, this is a team that was just right on the cusp of doing that. And, uh, you know, I think they bring the talent back to do it again. I mean, like I said, though, the, the AAC is, is going to be tough. I mean, there were five teams in that league last year that, that finished with 10 wins or more. So, uh, yes, Memphis has the talent to, to win 10, 11, you know, maybe even 12 games. Uh, it's just it's not going to be easy. I mean, uh, UCF, Cincinnati, Navy, um, SMU even, all good teams that, that they're going to have to get through. Do you expect the offense uh, schematically to mostly keep things from what we've come to expect from at least last year's team with so many of the key personnel? Like, okay, you, you mentioned Coxie's, DeMonte Coxie's coming back. You lose Patrick Taylor, but again, with Gainwell still being there, I, I look at the, you know, like the depth chart on paper, and I would think that maybe they're going to keep everything together. Is there anything from inside the program to suggest that uh, the, either the schematics or, or even the production should stray from what we saw a year ago? Yeah, I mean, you can. I think you can expect a little bit of schematic variance just based on the fact that Mike Norvell was so involved in the play calling. I mean, he's an offensive coach. Um, I think that's why he got the job at, at Florida State. Um, and, and so I think there's going to be some differences. I mean, uh, Kevin Johns is back. Um, it's it's his second year as you know technically as the offensive coordinator, uh, but it'll be interesting to see who takes the play calling duties because Silverfield's uh, background is is on the offensive side of the ball as well. Uh, so, yeah, I think there will be some differences. What those are, I don't know. I mean, that's where we could have used spring practice uh, to sort of try to glean some more insight uh, from what sort of change they might try and make. But, uh, you know, I mean, they've got some down-the-field threats. Um, and, and Coxie and uh, Calvin Austin is back. Um, I think he's a, a slot guy, a shifty player. He's like 5'9". I think they're going to try and get the ball in his hands. So I don't think it'll look drastically different, but – I think you can expect uh, Silverfield and Johns to kind of put their own spin on, you know, what Norvell was doing uh, when he was calling the plays last year. What 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 am I to make of Mike McIntyre as the new defensive coordinator? Uh, he he did some good work at Ole Miss last year. Um, prior to that, his last defensive coordinator stint was like Duke at Duke, yeah, in like the mid two thousands, I think, uh, or or maybe late two thousands. Is is this going? Because look, defense hasn't exactly been the calling card of Memphis. Is this going to be a push? Is this going to be an upgrade? I mean, Adam Fuller is now. He, he might not have been much of a name prior to to last year at Memphis, but he put together some good defenses at Marshall, and he's currently the defensive coordinator at Florida State. You know, like that's it was he was good enough for Mike Norvell to want to bring with him. So, do you see this as being a a net positive, a push. Where does where, where the Mike McIntyre effect come into this? Oh, yeah, I think it's a great hire. I mean, the fact is, he did a really good job at Ole Miss. And, you know, had Matt Luke been retained at Ole Miss, I think, I mean, it would have been a no brainer to bring McIntyre back given the improvements that the Ole Miss defense had last season. So uh, Memphis sort of benefits from the, from the transition at Ole Miss because McIntyre's on the market. They get him. And, and not only the defensive acumen. Um, obviously like, you know, that's, that's nice for a program like Memphis to get somebody who's done it at the major conference level pretty recently, but the head coaching experience, I mean, he, he won 10 games at Colorado just a few years ago, and he's going to be coming onto a staff under, uh, 
Silverfield, who's never been a head coach before. And so I think that McIntyre's voice and his experience will be will be critical um, for this staff because, you know, Silverfield's the, the guy in charge, but you, you want that that second voice, that second opinion. And I think McIntyre should be able to provide that. And, and I think the defense will be a lot better. He's got a lot to work with. There's eight starters back. Uh, by my calculation on that defense, and and they weren't very good against the run last season, but I think they'll I think I think they'll be better uh, with 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 McIntyre at the helm. How the last year you mentioned the the Penn State game, and certainly that was one of the games where the the defense, uh, especially against the run, won uh, won fantastic. This they were able to win a lot of high scoring games. You know the where do you see Memphis if? If on one side the first challenge for the Memphis program is to become one of the top tier among the group of five, I, I believe that they've done that. Do you think, especially being there close, how, how big of the gap do you think it is before they're, we're talking about Memphis like a top 25 team every year? Like if the path is a Boise State, you know, where you're at the top of your group and then you're just sort of, everybody's penciling you in to the top 25, just sort of, just almost not even thinking about it. I don't think Memphis is working on that status yet. How far do you think they are from being one of those teams and one of those programs that we consider not just within this, you know, small three, four, five season era, but but really in a bigger picture that we acknowledge as one of the top programs at the group of five level? Yeah, I think it'll it'll take a, an increase in, in their recruiting acumen because Norvell had some really good luck with JUCO guys and uh, with transfers and um you know that can that can backfire if you get too reliant upon that well uh, for talent. And they, and they've for the AAC they've recruited fine. I mean they're in the in the top third. Their last several classes are uh, in the AAC. But um, if they're going to take that Boise path, I mean they need to start getting some four star guys to campus. And and the the good news is that they're in a, a region of the country that produces plenty of those types of players. The bad news is that the competition is incredibly stiff because you have about seven sec schools within a three and a half hour drive uh, roughly so uh yeah i mean uh, you know i think silverfield is going to be critical that he continue to to choose pick and choose the spots wisely um from the juco ranks um and not get too reliant on that um that was something that that mike norvell did a really good job of, of walking that line and, and hit on a lot of those guys and um you know but i think the next step towards maybe taking um that leap that you're talking about chip is is to Get a couple of four-star guys. Get a couple of guys that are considering Arkansas or Ole Miss or Mississippi State um, to commit to Memphis and come to Memphis and, and and ball out at Memphis. And and I think if that if Silverfield can get that to start to happen, um, yeah, then then all of a sudden this is not just a, a window. This is something that's sustained. He is David Cobb, and you have been relieved from the hurry-up hot seat. Thank you very much. His story on the Memphis Tigers is available on cbssports.com. Go and check it out. David, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. CBS Sunday. 
You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.